once an artist is educated, once their team is educated and everyone's speaking the same language, money is always the next part. It's always the next bullet point. And up until a few months ago, I didn't have an answer for everyone. I was like, unless we can go get funding from the bank or a line of credit or take the label deal, but just get better terms, I don't know the answer. And then I saw Beat Bread and I was like, oh my God, I think this is part of the answer. This is a, it's, it's a running podcast, uh, meaning like I don't really do like super fancy intros and all of that. It really is the, the whole genesis where it came from. Uh, I'm a producer myself. I ran a recording studio for years. Uh, I've developed dozens of artists uh, and, and just over time realized that artists really need help. Right. I think you guys understand that with your company. Yes, they um, do. Oh boy, yes, they do. Uh, and I don't just mean the finance part. A hundred percent. And and it, so it's so uh, we should probably get into this later, but like making an artist the CEO of their own business when they really <laughs> just want to make music is sort of tragic in a lot of ways, right? It, it's like okay, forget like writing those heartfelt lyrics and coming up with the best middle eight you can. Now figure out like how to run a Spotify campaign and how to, you know, maximize your digital marketing dollars. It's like, damn, that's tough. That's yeah. tough. But- no, nah, man, it's, it's, I just recorded an episode with uh, my guy, Kokai. He's an artist. He was the president of Grammys. And he, uh, he said a phrase that I, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm still in that. He said, art, let art art. Like, Right. Let the artists just be artists, and right. and and when you when you mix the business, it usually ends up becoming harder. So uh, you know, we started twenty four seven artists, which is is our company, and the podcast is public facing version of that, uh, just in service of of educating artists, connecting them with the right resources, helping them manage that thing you're talking about. How do you become a CEO, business owner, artist, booking agent, venue promote all these things. It's while simple. trying to maintain your creative spirit yeah yeah oh. and listen if the, the to me the goal is like get 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 a good manager at some point right let somebody else take that piece of it on you be the artist let the manager be the manager but you gotta manage yourself to start with yeah very rare that a manager is going to sign up to somebody who's got big zero going on a hundred percent so so our, our audience, just so you know, is that artist. They're they're independent artists. Um, right now we skew a little younger, so I'd say like 18 to 25. Um, but we deal with people who are in their 40s and 50s and and, and older. Um, we we have managers in our community, we have uh, producers, engineers, so everyone tied to that ecosystem. Uh, and, and they're all just looking for answers and resources. And and when I saw what you guys presented or what you presented. At Digilog Day, shout out to Drew. I was like, my mind was like, like I shut down because I was there for some. I was mentoring. I had like mentoring sessions, and I actually was late for one of my sessions because I got stuck watching you. I was like, this is game changing. Like I don't. And so I had I ran and did my mentor session. I came back and you had already left, and I was like, oh god, like how do I get in touch with him? Like, so you know, shout out to you because I was not that hard to find, by the way. (laughs) I was a random person that reached out and you you hit me right back, which I appreciate. Uh, you didn't know me from from Adam. I said, let's do this podcast. You you booked it right away. So thank you again. No, dude, of course. We're, listen, we're trying to get the word out. That's, yeah. we sort of built, we want to build credibility and spread the word at the same time. You spread the word before you've got credibility. Everyone's like, who the heck is that, right? Yeah. But if you just spend your whole time building credibility, you're not spreading the word, not enough people find out about you and you die. So right. it, it, we're just, we're working on that 
steady balance of like you know keep keep the wheels turning but start we're really just starting this year to go hey look at us over here look we, you know we have we've done 500 deals now that means something right yeah. we have a hundred million dollar fund that means something so yeah. yeah it's a good it's it's good timing for all of us is what i'm saying um, i'm excited so so we can kick it off uh matthew tilly from beat bread tell, tell that 24 7 artist community first who you are and then like what beat bread is before we get into like our convo well, the first thing to, to just not to confuse anyone, don't be confused by this uh, strong Brooklyn accent that I have. I am talking to you from the tri-state area. Actually, I'm in New Jersey, just outside New York, um, but I am British. Uh, but I moved to New York in the year 2000. I am very old. You do. You can probably tell. Um, yeah, and I was working for Universal Music at the time. They moved me to work at Island Def Jam in, uh, in New York in 2000. And I was there for six years, and then I moved to EMI, where I spent another six years um, and breaking, doing international marketing, so mostly taking U.S. acts and, and spreading them around the world. They, they tend to like to have non-U.S. people doing that because you have a bit more of a mindset of, like, how does the rest of the world think, which the U.S. is – some people get it, not everybody gets it, you know. Um, and then I did a couple of other things, then ended up back at Universal Music Group, um, 2016 to 2020, working with a guy called Peter Sinclair, who is the CEO and founder of Beatbread. And it was while he was at Universal that he kind of had this idea and, and we started working on it. Okay. I love it. So you have a label background, Island Def Jam 2000s. That's like ludicrous error. That's how I, I do errors by the artist. Ludicrous, Jar Rule, DMX. Now you won't be surprised to hear that it was Island Def Jam. I was mostly working You're on not, the island. I know, so I okay, reasons, you could, reasons you could guess. I was the more the Bon Jovi, Sum 41. Who got you, got you, okay. Uh, got so, you. Yeah. Where, where the bigger budgets were. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, listen. Bon Jovi was the biggest act on the label, no question mm -hmm. about that. But Jay Z was putting out records. Ja yeah. Ja Rule was putting out records. Ashanti was having massive hits. Like this wasn't, you know, Def Jam was was killing it back then. So yeah, they just kept me away from that. I, 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 I yeah, I, I didn't really have the qualifications. So, so you're you're in the label system. You meet a guy who's like, hey, I've got this concept, and even then, that would have been pretty early. Um, because the independent scene, which always existed, I just told someone the other day, independent was a bad word in our industry then. Like in the 2000s, if you said I'm an independent artist, that was like saying I'm a broke artist. Now <laughs> it means power and strength. But like right. 15 years ago, independent meant like, oh, you just haven't made it yet. Like, oh, you're still trying to get on. Right. So right. explain how like even this concept would have existed, I guess, then. I mean, it wouldn't. You do. Streaming has changed everything. I mean, everything. And and to be really basic about it, there used to be, if you wanted to be successful, you can measure success how you want, but have a meaningful career, even make a living from your music, right? You pretty much had to be signed to a label. Why? Because there were two things that really brought an artist money was being having records on the radio and having CDs in the stores. And one obviously fed the other, right? And without that, you didn't have a career, really. We get there's people at the margins, right? But for 90% of artists, if those two things weren't true, you didn't really have a career. And the labels had a stranglehold on those two situations. They had a stranglehold on the relationship with radio, and they had a stranglehold on the relationship with Walmart and Target and Tower Records, if anyone remembers that, right? They were the ones who could put your CD in the stores. So unless you were signed to a label, you would just like 
running up against the wall the whole time. And then streaming came along and changed everything. Streaming said, and you know, these amazing DIY distributors like DistroKid and TuneCore and Two Lost and all these places where you can go upload your music basically for free, suddenly said, if you can use, so, so, well, streaming and social media, right? Mm. Because the streaming was just the, the sort of the facilitator. The social media was the thing that allowed you to spread the word. Suddenly it says, if you're good enough, if your song is that song that the first time everyone hears it, they're like, oh my God, I have to tell 17 people about this. This is the best thing I've ever heard. You can be a star. You don't need a label anymore. So that's that's what that's what changed. And that's what Peter noticed, right? Peter is not a lifelong music guy. He's been in a bunch of different startups, um, none, none of which are anything to do with music, um, but some of which were got successful by solving problems, solving problems that consumers had or that you know businesses had or whatever it was. So he's a problem solver. And he saw at Universal, firstly, the way streaming was completely changing the industry, right? But secondly, that lots of artists signed to Universal didn't want to use all the services Universal had to offer, which is sort of priced into their deal, right? We can argue all day about whether record deals are a good deal or a bad deal for the artist. But one, what thing, one thing is certainly true is that they come with a whole bunch of services priced into them. You sign a deal and there's a radio guy that wants to work your record. There's a promo person. There's a PR person. There's a digital marketing person. There's a merch person if you want them. There's a VIP tickets person. There's a fan club person. You've got all these things. And Peter realized that half of the artists were saying, I, I don't need that. I got, I, got, I got a team. I got a guy. That's how I got here. I only got signed because I already got a team who built me up to the point where you paid attention to me. I want to stick with my team. I don't want to use your team. So then he realized, well, some of these artists are just really here to get the check from the label so they can hire their people. But they're also paying for the label's people because that's priced into the deal. So now the artist is paying twice. Well, this doesn't make sense, right? So this is not a label bashing exercise and we're not anti-label. This is just to say, we think when the finance conversation is separated from all the other conversations, so you make your choices individually, I'm gonna choose the best place to get distribution. I'm going to choose the best place to get financing. I'm going to choose the best place to do my digital marketing. I'm going to choose the best place to do my merchandise. When you sign to a label, you just get a package, right? And by the way, the best labels are obviously really good at all of those things, but do you get the best deal when you get them all bundled together or do you get the best deal when you separate them all out? Mm. That was sort of his thesis for, for starting Beatbread. It's, it's an amazing thesis and one that, again, the reason I expedited this this combo and and because I, I feel like you guys are right on the cusp of that boom that we all feel is happening in the creative economy with the more power and control that that artists and their teams have and and the the more clear they are the more these tools make sense we're gonna see artists making a sustainable living right and i think that's the ultimate goal uh, we're, we're shifting that mindset from like, if you're not the biggest artist in the world, if you're not Bon Jovi or Drake or Jay-Z, you, you haven't made it to, man, what if you're an artist and you make $100,000 a year and your manager makes 65000 a year and your digital marketing part, like if you have a sustainable economy that you, you've you built, you have people on your payroll, you have subcontractors and, and you have IP that lasts forever. Yep. But the funding, right, the, the thing, if there's two things that we help artists with at 24-7 Artists, it's education. So one, what are masters, what are royalties, what is publishing, get you past that, 
And then two, the next question is always, where do I get the money to do this now that I know how to do it? And that's the one that I've always been stuck on because I can only help with so many artists personally. Right. So, so explain to me now, like, okay, I'm an independent artist. I hear this podcast. I'm excited. How, how do I use beat bread? I've got, you know, three albums out that I've put out over the last five years. I've got music I've recorded. I've got a team. I've got some traction. You know, what does this look like? I'm going to start. I don't think it's bad news, but I'm just going to start by, by setting the baseline you do so people don't go running off straight away to use beat bread the first thing you need is a little bit of history and by that i mean you've had some songs that have been out for at least six months you've got about ten thousand monthly listeners on spotify and you're making at least about a hundred bucks a month in streaming income right if you're brand new you just recorded a song you're really excited about you haven't uploaded it yet or you have but you've got 10 monthly listeners or 100 monthly listeners or 1,000 monthly listeners, you're too early even for us, right? But if you're hitting those sorts of numbers, and by the way, if you're hitting those sorts of numbers, you're not going to get hundreds of thousands of dollars from Beatbread, right? That's the other bad news. And I'll come back to that in a minute and why we think that's the correct answer, not the wrong answer, right? But if you got all those things, you literally go to beatbread.com, you type in your artist name, you give an e- give us an email address, and with about 20 minutes, we'll be coming back to you, ask you to create an account. And that just means setting up a password, right? So you can log back in and check your numbers. And we'll be showing you estimates of the advances you can get. Now, I'm going to keep talking, you do, because I, I don't know. I feel like I'm giving long answers to your questions. But so what's going to happen is we have eight full-time data scientists. This Beatbread is basically a data science company. I said I've worked at labels. I convinced myself I'm working at a music company. I kind of am, but... It's, we're really a financing company that's aimed at artists, right? And it's all based on data science. So we've built this algorithm. I say we, I haven't done any of it. We have these really smart data science kids in St. George, Utah, where I was just at our company retreat we were talking about before we started recording. Um, but anyway, they've built an algorithm and the algorithm looks at hundreds of thousands of data points on you, the artist we, we're looking at, but then also compares it to billions of other data points we have in the system about other artists, other geographies, other formats, other all the different social media, all these things. And then actually on a track by track level, it makes a prediction about how each of your tracks is going to perform over the next 15 years, right? And we know now we're 500 deals in, we're actually really good at this, right? We're really accurate. That's good news for some people. It's bad news for other people because some people are like, oh, how come I'm only worth this? I'm like, there is no one here listening to the music going, ah, we think this guy sucks or this girl's not cute or any of those things. It's data science, data science and data science, right? Why we think that's good. Why I'm telling you that if you see a $2,000 offer from us, that that's the right thing. Because we believe that you can, you will earn that money back in the time that we say. So if we say it's a two-year deal and you can get $5,000, by the way, we do $2 million advances as well, right? But what I'm saying is we advance the amount of money to an artist that we not, I was going to say we believe, we don't believe. Our data science says, and we know it's right most of the time, that the artist will earn that back in the period that we've said. One of, the, one of the many challenges with taking money from a label or a distributor is you can argue and, and negotiate with them and get a giant check. You will be tied to that entity f- until the end of time if you don't earn that money back, right? Now, some labels will forgive you eventually and it'll all be fine. But 
there's I don't think there's very much upside to getting a hundred thousand dollars if you're actually only going to make twenty thousand dollars in the next year, two years, whatever that number is, right? You're just in the hole. So anyway, that was kind of a very long answer to the question. Your question was, how do I get started? You get started at beatbread.com. We'll show you some offers. All I'm saying is those offers are based, they're not based on anyone's opinion. They're based on a lot, a lot, a lot of really smart people working on data science to make predictions about what you're going to earn in the next what and our deals by the way are one year two year three years five years eight years you get to pick how long you want the deal to last and we are 95 percent confident you're going to earn back the money we're advancing you in that time uh well again having heard it in passing trying to get to like mentoring someone i was blown away then having heard it now again from you directly I'm a fan of it. There are people who are going to watch this and be like, wait a minute, there, there's no a there's no soul. It's like, but no, like one of the things that I tell artists is, and then I was an athlete in my former life. So I, I measure things in like sprints. That's how I, I train. That's how I work. That's how I, I do everything is you've got to set this milestone, these like tangible milestones that you can work towards and like see progress in that way. So, you know, if you run track like I did, if you run a 23 second 200, and the world record is 19.3, you don't go from 23 seconds to 19 seconds. You go from 23 seconds to 22.7 seconds. Like it's incremental, but if you can figure out how to chop it down that way, that's how you become a world record holder. Well, it's the same in business and and specifically in in funding. What you said is 100% true. If you need money for your career, you as an artist, of course, if you won the lottery and you had $100 million in the bank, that's great. But you wouldn't know what to do with $100 million. You wouldn't be any more successful because of it. In fact, you would probably regret how you spend that money. If, if Deep Red says, hey, we've done the, the research, the analytics, the, the machine data's come back and said, we can give you a $2,500 advance and you have two years to pay us back. In my mind, I'm like, okay, now what are you doing with that $2,500? Because Deep Red's figured out that no matter what song you put out, it's probably going to grow at this rate. Is that more merch? Is that better mixing? Is that better production? It also puts you on the line now with because you have a partner and you have to make this money back, you're now thinking with the mindset of, okay, the pacing at which I put music out or the features that I work with or how many videos I put out. So it it creates, I think it's like backwards, but it creates the energy needed that even if you didn't get the $2,500, you probably needed to do those things anyways. But now you at least have some money to do those things. Right. So it's it's I, I again, I, I know there are people who are going to watch this and, and I'm sure the comments will go crazy. But from me, the person that you're coming to and saying, hey, big brother, how do how do I do this? What what do I do? The reason I'm a big fan of what B Bread is offering is it, it creates tangible steps. When you say if you don't have 10,000 monthly listeners, if you don't have music out for at least six months, if you're not making at least one hundred dollars a month in streaming, you're not ready. Don't take offense to that artist. That's your first milestone. And if you're at 100 monthly listeners and 10,000 is the goal, much like track, don't figure out how to go from 100 to 10,000. How do you go from 100 to 1,000? Right. How do you go from 1,000 to 2,000? And then when you hit the 10,000, the beauty of it is you figured so much stuff out in your career that you're that much more ready for whatever beat bread offers you that that day comes. And that you do is one of the reasons we don't put any stipulations on how you can spend the money. We're not here to tell. If you got to the place where our system says you're worth something, we think you're smart enough. you figured something out. So we're just going to give you that check and it's up to you how you spend it. Now, I can give you advice all day long. I've worked at labels, right? But, but I'm not actually here to do that. And we don't want to do that. But I'm just saying, 
we don't, it doesn't come with like, oh, this is much as for your living expenses and you can spend this much on marketing. Like we leave that entirely up to the artist because we believe that if they got this far, they can figure out the next part. But, but I'd also really advocate to any artist, get help, right? Whether it's from you, there's a bunch of websites out there with resources. I know you do, you have a bunch of resources you do, but go read, go learn, go talk to other artists, go be smart about this. This is the music business guys. And it sucks that if you're an artist, you also have to handle the business, but it's the only way you're really going to be successful. Unless you're yeah. like, you just hit lightning in a bottle, which every so often somebody does. I love it. So, so now let's go through the next step. So I've gone there, I've put in my offer, let's say I'm successful and I do get uh, a 20, let's say $2,500 advance. So this is great. I get two years to pay it back. I now, let's say it's me personally, when I was first started, I'm going to get a MacBook, a microphone and interface, because for me, spending the money on the studio time isn't worth it if I can just record at home and, and pump out more records. So that may be how I spend the 2,500. Um, now, how does Beat Bread get paid back? You know, how, do, how does that work? Yeah, so it's really important to us that we're not trying to collect from the artist each month. Our business could get very sticky, right? If we were like, hey, time for your payment. So we always get tied into your distributor and it depends on the distributor exactly how that works, but we get paid directly by your distributor each month. So then you don't have to worry about paying us. We don't have to worry about whether you're paying us or not. But one of the things just to mention is we offer what we call flow through income. What that means is you don't have to give up all of your monthly income. Let's just take a hypothetical situation of somebody who's making a thousand dollars a month in streaming, right? If they're like, bro, I got to keep 500 a month to, I mean, probably they have a job, right? But maybe this is supplemental income. They need it for their rent or their groceries or their car payment or their alimony or whatever. We let you choose in 10% increments how much of your income you want to keep each month. Now, obviously that affects the amount of the advance you're going to get, right? If we're going to offer you a $10,000 advance and you're like, well, actually I need to keep half my income every month. Guess what? Now it's a $5,000 advance. But the point is you're keeping half of your income. So to answer your first, re-answer your first question, you do, how do we get, how does it work? How do we get paid? We tie in with your distributor. It could be a letter of direction. Sometimes we have a parent-child account. There's various different ways of doing it. We get paid directly by the distributor. But if you, Mr. or Mrs. Artist, need to keep some money every month, that's okay. You just tell us before we cut the deal, right? That's got to be in, but it's one of the options we give you on the site is to say, I need to keep 20% of my income every month or 60% or whatever that number is. Gotcha. Okay. And then now I'm going to get to the tricky questions that I know would be asked if when I present this to like our artist community. So one of the things we we're big on with our artists is like learning the power of split sheets and like co-ownership and, you know, all of that stuff. Let's say I put a song out and I have 25% of the royalties coming to me. Yep. Am I paying beat bread back from my 25% or am I paying them back from the hundred percent that I'm collecting? Okay. So so the first thing to say is the, the important thing, the most important thing in that situation to us is who actually owns and controls this track, right? Because if this is on someone else's, I don't know, DistroKid account, let's say, and they're just, you're getting paid through DistroKid splits, you're not in control of that track. And unfortunately, we can't advance against that because you can't guarantee, and I, I don't mean like, Oh, I promise. I mean, actually like locked, guaranteed. You can't guarantee that money's going to come to us. But let's take the other example where it's your track. It's on your TuneCore account or your DistroKid account or whatever. 
and this, the, your collaborator or producer or whatever is getting paid out through splits. We see that at the beginning. So we ask for your reports. We see that we calculate on the bit that's yours, gotcha. right? So that somebody else getting paid off the top, that's fine. We don't include that in the calculations. We all don't need to worry about it. That person's arrangement will stay 100% in place, but we will only be advancing you on your share of the income, right? We're not going to advance you on somebody else's share of the income. That's, that's great to know. Great answer. Um, and then I think the other question I would get is, so who owns the music on the other side of the advance? Yeah, so we don't take an ownership position at all. Our legal agreement is called a revenue purchase agreement. Put that, and it's not very legalese, but to put it even more simply, we are buying your income for a period of time, right? So we're not licensing the track. We're not owning the track. We're not controlling the track. We are, we've bought the income. That's what you signed. The contract says, hey, we're buying your income from this list of songs for this amount of time. Wow. That's that's a big one. So so it's a, it's a I'm not trying to be it, I, don't, well, I don't mean tricky as in like we're trying to be tricky. I'm just saying the, it's a kind of weird legal definition because we say you own the song. But but you're like, well, then if I own the song, why isn't the money coming to me? Well, you've sold the income from the song, but you still own the song, right? And when the Beat Bread deal ends at two years, three years, five years, whatever that number is, that song is still your, you you didn't ever not own it. And now not only do you own it, but all the income's coming back to you as well at the end of the term. Wow. That's, that's big. And then I think the last question is going to be the devil's advocate one, which is, I do a two-year deal for the 2500 At the end of two years, I've paid back $2,000. What happens? Yeah, great question. So the first thing to say is that more than 70% uh, of our deals are on track to recoup at or ahead of where we predicted. And the, the, the ones that are not are not like taking years out. So our algorithm's pretty darn good. So if we say it, we think it's a two-year deal, there's a very high probability you will be paid back within the two years. If you're not, though, firstly, there's no interest. Secondly, there's no penalty. All that happens is we just keep collecting until you've recouped. Wow. So, and whether that, that might take two weeks or two months. And the thing I would point out you do is we don't like that situation. Why? Because that's actually a less profitable deal for us. Mm -hmm. The biggest cost of running our business is the cost of the money, right? Mm -hmm. We're essentially buying money from other people and selling that money to the artist, right? If you think about it like that. So mm -hmm. the, the biggest cost is buy, is we have to buy the money that we advance to people. And if you, Mr. or Mrs. Artist, we thought you were going to have our money for two years, but you've actually got our money for two and a half years. That money cost us more, so that deal became less profitable. The mm -hmm. point I'm trying to make is... If we say it's a two-year deal, this is not a bait and switch of like, oh, we'll tell them it's a two-year deal, but actually it's, we'll, we'll keep them locked up for two and a half years. You go one day beyond two years that it takes us to recoup, that deal starts to become less profitable for us. So that is not the game here at all. Yeah. But yeah, to answer the question again, if you take a little longer to recoup, no interest, no penalties, the amount you owe can never go up. It's always going down. But if it takes us another week or two weeks or two months to recoup, then we just carry on collecting until we're recouped. And then you're good to go. So hopefully by this part of the, the convo, people are understanding why I said this is a game changing movement software company, because I, I honestly believe, and I told Drew this, 
I could see the labels using you guys. Like I, 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 I think eventually, like I could see, and it may not be the big three, but I could see, like the the labels of tomorrow, which will be, I have that Def Jam feel, that kind of like independent but radical feel. But they need funding to support their artists, and their artists already have teams, and the labels are really just kind of like a brand slash manager slash whatever. I could see Beat Bread being a part of that equation and just like simplifying it for everybody. Well, I'll let you into a secret, Drew. Drew, I don't. Sorry, you said Drew. You do <laughs> confusing me. I'll let you into a secret. Uh, they're not labels, but if you if you're distributed by United Masters or Symphonic or some other people, and you go on their site and you see something that says funding, and you click on it, and you think it looks a little bit like Beat Bread's interface, <laughs> but it says United Masters or it says Symphonic on it. So we white label our service for a bunch of distributors and artist services companies. So. We're trying to, you know, reach as many, we're trying to meet the people where they are. Yeah. So if you're on Symphonic or United Masters, you'll get the exact same, you know, deal experience on their site as you would by coming to Beat Bread. So um, that did, I'm not saying the labels are already using us, but I'm saying that some of the big distributors are already using us to, to already sort of in, power there. already in the equation. I love it. Man, yeah. this is this is amazing. Again, you know, we have a few thousand artists in our community and growing. Uh, and, and a good chunk of them definitely have the metrics you you discussed. So I'm excited to get this episode out. I'm excited to to share with them uh, what we're doing. I know we talked about doing a webinar or demo uh, in our community yeah, sometime next it. year. So we'll Let's definitely see. schedule that so that people can actually see the interface and see you kind of walk through that demo. Yep. Um, I wish I produced more because I, I would I would have used this 15 years ago. This this would have saved my life. If anybody can't wait for that webinar, you do. They can go to our YouTube channel and there's I forget what, exactly what it's called, but there's a walk. There's various videos. Like there's some artist testimonials. There's our CEO talking about why he started the company. But there's also and it's it's kind of long. It's like eight minutes, but it's a walkthrough video that literally takes you step. By the way, guys, the website is not complicated. You don't it's, not need, it's not like oh, make sure you watch the instructions first. It, we've built this to be pretty darn simple. But if you do want the instructions, there's a video on our website, on our YouTube channel that, that will literally walk you through step by step how to how to get the get all your. I, I, love, I love it. And again, I know specifically I have an aunt who's going to watch this and say, but where's the soul in it? So what's I know that's going to be kind of like the the anti the A&Rs and the, 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 the record men, the label folks or women who are known for, hey, they found that artist or they broke that artist or they discovered yeah. that artist. What What's kind of the, the beat bread response to you guys are taking the human out of the, the curation? It's 100% true, we are. We think those people are amazing. People who have the, that golden ear, they can spot the hit or stand in that smoky club at one in the morning and be like, that girl's a star, I'm gonna make them. We think those people are extraordinary. And we know we are not those people, right? So if we invested our money based on our ears, the money would all be gone very fast. <laughs> so I'm saying if you can find someone that believes in you and is ready to write you a big check and have this cigar and say, kid, I'm going to make you a star. Fantastic. You can also find plenty of stories where those relationships went wrong eventually, right? Because again, I'm going to make you a star means here's my head of marketing, here's my head of promotion, here's my head of PR, you have to work with all of them, whether you like them, get on with them, vibe with them or not. There's there's room for lots of different ways to do this, you do, and we've just picked one that we know we can do really well. 
And that doesn't mean we think the others are bad. It just means we know we're not good at those, those ways of doing business. I love that answer. Man, Matthew, this is, I appreciate this call. I've learned more um, and, and I'm excited to, to share this with our community and, and however I can help you guys. I know we'll do some stuff together in the future, but however I can help, you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm more than likely the spreading I'm, the word you do. We, we, you go do your research guys. This is like, this, this might be a little, but we just raised a hundred million dollar fund to go invest in artists. Does that mean we're writing giant checks to kids in their bedroom? No, it doesn't. It means we're still sticking to the data science, but what it means is we are, people believe in what we're doing now. We've proved that it works. We're 500 deals in and we're only two years into this business. We're growing really fast. We're doing more than a deal a day on average at this point, but we, we got a whole lot more growing to do. So it's spreading the word and it's just getting the news out. This is powerful, man. I'm excited to be a part of it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, we will do much more together. I, I assure you, I'm more likely going to white label it and, and, and put it on our community because it's just it's it's once an artist is educated, once their team is educated and everyone's speaking the same language, money is always the next part. It's always the next bullet point. And up until a few months ago, I didn't have an answer for everyone. I was like, unless we can go get funding from the bank or line of credit or take the label deal, but just get better terms. I don't know the answer. And then I saw beep right now. I was like, oh, my God, I think this is part of the answer. So thank you again, Matthew. No worries, no worries. Your, your team of machine data scientists, as AI is now taking over the world and we're, we're terrified with chat GBT, I'm sure this podcast is going to come out and they're going to be like, great, another, another AI machine telling us how to live. But exactly. this one I actually can vouch for. Fantastic. Thank you, you do. Thank you, brother. All right. And that's it.